Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And the Crusoe household is getting over a series of bad colds, so if I cough or anything tonight, apologies in advance. Oh man, that stinks. I'm sorry. Mm, don't spread your plague over the interweb for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've worked for a remote company long enough to know that somehow it still happens even when you remove the office. <laughs> Aren't you under heaps and heaps of snow in New York? No, it completely, oh. pa- they, we were expecting like over 10 inches and it like completely passed us. We got like frigid temperatures. I had my windshield wipers up for the snow and then they were, they were like frozen solid. Like I could not get them down. I almost broke one and my doors yeah. were frozen shut. Stuck, yeah. But um, Welcome no to snow. our lives as Oklahomans. Yeah, terribly well. cold weather and terrible conditions, but not a bit of snow. And no snow. We were promised snow last weekend that failed. Oh, so yours failed too? Yep. No big fail. It was we had a we had a light dusting. And like I'm all excited because it's coming and Ellie just about every day says, Daddy, snow tomorrow? Oh. And so I was finally like, Yes, snow. And then <laughs> <laughs> Is is there any snow on the horizon for you guys? No. Not in a ten day. No. Just cold. So we might hit, get some Tuesday. We're about to hit February, which means our snow is probably pretty close to over. February is usually when we get our most. January, February. <gasps> I just February. looked at the weather app. Friday, 30% chance light snow. Ooh, hey, First light is better than none. That's what I keep telling my kids. They're like, whatever. It says snow. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so they learn about long. Kids learn about weathermen young in Oklahoma. <laughs> Well, I, I'm excited I don't to need snow right to put me tonight. in the Christmas spirit this week. So why don't we just jump right in? This week, we are covering 2018's Universal Pictures slash Illumination Pictures, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. You're a mean one. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. Grinch.
Julia, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? The Grinch and his loyal dog, Max, live a solitary existence inside a cave on Mount Crumpet, only venturing down to Whoville to mingle with his neighbors when he runs out of food. For years, he's put up with and been aggravated by the Who's annual holiday celebration. But when they decide to make their Christmas bigger and brighter than normal this year, the disgruntled Grinch realizes there is one way to gain peace and quiet. With help from Max and a kidnapped reindeer called Fred, the green grump hatches a scheme to pose as Santa Claus, steal Christmas, and silence the Who's holiday cheer once and for all. So this is the first time we're revisiting the Grinch story since what is probably our most controversial episode, according to (laughs) listeners. Uh, (laughs) Boy, people are divisive about their Grinches. They are. But since we haven't covered this a million times, like a Christmas carol, do we want to just refresh for new listeners our histories with the Grinch overall? Yeah. I grew up with the Grinch. Loved it as a kid. The book and the original movie. I saw the Jim Carrey abomination after it was made, and then I watched it again for this podcast, and it furthered my resolve that it was an abomination. Not at all a fan of that. Love the original. Yeah, I don't really I remember with- Christmas without the original. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, always grew up with the book, grew up with the TV short movie, animated, loved it. Not a fan of the Jim Carrey, although it definitely has its perks. If y'all really want to know how we feel about it, definitely revisit that episode. I think it's funny, but people really don't like that one. And then this one, the first time I saw it was today. I didn't get to see this one in theaters. By you, Anthony. Same as you guys. I grew up on the with the book. I don't remember Christmas at all without the television special. I saw the Jim Carrey Grinch in theaters, and I still love it to this day. And I saw this new Grinch in theaters this past November, November 2018, opening weekend. So I saw it with a pretty packed house. How about we run through the credits first before we get into our overall thoughts on this film, which I'm very curious to hear (laughs) from you guys. So this film was directed by Scott Mosier, best known for his work with Kevin Smith and co-hosting Smodcast with him. And it was also directed by Yarrow Cheney, who did The Secret Life of Pets, Puppy, and a short film called The Very First Noel. So we may have to watch that at some point. Have either of you guys seen it? I've not. Uh-uh. This film was written by Tommy Swerdlow and Michael Lesseur, and they've done Cool Runnings, Little Giants. I love Little Giants, by the way. I love Cool uh, Runnings. Love cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> B- Bushwhacked, Snow Dogs, and A Thousand Junkies. It's Bushwhacked, that movie with what's-his-name. He's really obnoxious. I thought, what's-his-face? Mar- uh, Marv was in Bushwhack. Okay, then never mind. Uh, I might be very wrong about that. By Marv, I mean Daniel Stern. <laughs> yeah, it was him. Never mind. Who did you think it was, Tom? Oh, uh, what's that guy's name from Cabin Boy? Oh, I can't stand him. Chris Elliott? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I love Sam Elliott, though. Oh, I love Are they Sam related? Oh, uh, no. That was really, <laughs> They're not even it. the same gene pool. <laughs> I'm going to be really surprised by that. <laughs> I just, they're not. Mm-mm. Speaking of Sam Elliott, isn't he the one in Prancer, which we still have to add to our schedule at some point? Yes. Yes, he is. I just watched we that need, not long ago. We need to do that during a depressing month. <laughs> Tom went silent. <laughs> in, 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 fairness, in fairness, Tom, I haven't seen that one in years, so I may only be remembering it as depressing. It may not be as depressing as I remember. I just it's, know it has a reputation. It's very different than I remember it. Huh. Okay. Very different. 
I'm excited to revisit it at some point for the show then. Um, it's funny to imagine the dad in that as uh, Ron from Parks and Rec, Eagleton Ron. He was the Eagleton Ron, the like new age hippie dippy Ron. Like Ron Swanson thought they were going to be best buds and then he learned he was yes. like off the grid. I think grid. that's the one episode I've seen. You should watch all of them. I'm working on it. They're amazing. I need to rewatch of it. They need, they do good Christmas specials too, that show. Just say there's not much they don't do well except for their weird dabbling into the new, into the future. Oh, uh, the final season. Yeah. The finale was good. It was. It was. But just that opening first episode of the season was terrible. Where they're trying to yeah. rush everything that happened over the last 10 years. Yep. So the music in this film was done by Danny Elfman, who we've had on the show a few times before. He did it The Nightmare Before Christmas. He did Batman Returns. And he's done a million films. <laughs> he's done Scrooged, which we're covering later this year. Edward Scissorhands, which is making the list this year. The Family Man. He did the Spider-Man movies. He did a lot of stuff. Men in Black. Shut up. He did the Fifty Shades of Grey series. He did. Aww, that makes me like, really disappointed in Danny Elfman. He did Beetlejuice. Say? I love the Beetlejuice theme. Oh, yeah. No, and the music might be beautiful in that movie, but that makes me a little sad inside. <laughs> I feel yep. like he's better than that. Oh. He did Avengers Age of Ultron. He did a lot of stuff. He's did, he did the, he's doing the upcoming Dumbo live action film. Super pumped he, about that. He's doing the Voyage of Dr. Doolittle starring Robert Downey Jr. as Dr. Doolittle, which is coming out soon. Yeah, he's done just tons and tons of stuff. So, so this film star, this film has a pretty good cast, whatever we might think of the film itself. Uh, Benedict Cumberplat- Cumberbatch plays the Grinch, and he's best known for Doctor Strange, The Hobbit, Sherlock, The Imitation Game, <laughs> The Fifth Estate, Star Trek Into Darkness, and 12 Years a Slave. So when he was first cast as the Grinch, by the way, I thought they had to cast him for his voice, right? And then he did not use his voice in the film. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but I did read it was his idea not to use his voice. They wanted him to use his voice, but he said... The rest of the cast was American, so he didn't think it made sense for the Grinch to talk in a British accent, so he did the American voice. Interesting. I think that was still his voice. (laughs) No, I don't know why it would have been any different than the fact that the Grinch is the only one green who's covered in hair. (laughs) Right, like they could have set him apart in that way as well. Right. But I don't know. I'm interested to talk about that later too. Do you remember that thing that was going around a while ago where they, you know, it was all the different ways you could possibly pronounce Benedict Cumberbatch and butcher his name and everybody would still know who you were talking about? I do remember that. And people still do that all the time. Oh, I know. I just, yeah. Yeah. They John Travolta his name bad. (laughs) So Frank Welker does the voice of Max the dog and he has done some pretty famous voiceover work throughout the years. He was the voice of Fred on Scooby-Doo. Since the franchise started, he still voices Fred and all the Scooby-Doo stuff. And he's voiced Scooby since 2002. Wow. Um, He's voiced Megatron in the Transformers franchise, like cartoon and live action. Michael Bay abomination. I only liked the first one. And the first one was serviceable. I didn't like any of them afterwards. He did the voice of Nibbler on Futurama, if any of you are Futurama friends. He's been, he's been in like almost every Disney straight-to-VHS sequel to the original classics. 
Um, so I'm not even, I'm not even going to run through those all, but he has done some Christmas films, which I do want to go through real quick because we're probably going to end up covering a lot of these soon. He voiced Barney Rubble and Dino in a Flintstones Christmas Carol. He played Chomp Chomp and Morris in Christmas Comes to Packland. He did multiple voices in Deck the Halls with Wacky Walls. Never even heard of that. Yeah, me either. he played. He did the voice of the turkey and Figaro in Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. He did various voices in that Animaniacs Christmas movie, Wacko's Wish. He played the genie and the abominable snowman in Mickey's Magical Christmas, snowed in at the House of Mouse. And he played Curious George in Curious George, A Very Monkey Christmas. And this is actually the second time he played Max, because he did uh, the voice of Max in The Grinch, Grinches, The Cat, and The Hat. Oh, and he was in Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. He did the voice of Philippe and Sultan, the footstool. Hmm. And he also did the voice of all the dinosaurs in Prehysteria. Do you guys remember that film series? Oh my gosh, yes. Old school. I love those movies. That was awesome. <laughs> yep. It was based on that book, right? It was it based, based on, on a book? I think I never was. read the book if it was. Yeah, I remember that show. How funny. Cameron Seeley does the voice of Cindy Lou Who. Um, she was on the Jim Gaffigan show. She's guest starred on Madam Secretary. She was in The Greatest Showman. And she was in Christmas Break-In, which is a 2018 film, I think. Rashida Jones, speaking of Parks and Rec, played Cindy, Cindy Lou's mother, Donna Lou Who. And she was on The Office, Parks and Rec, Boston Public. She was in I Love You Man, The Social Network, Our Idiot Brother, she was in the Muppets movie with Jason Segel. Uh, well, it's just called the Muppets, but Celeste and Jesse Forever, Angie Tribeca, and she made that documentary Quincy about her father, which is on Netflix and it's supposedly really good. Huh. Keenan Thompson plays Bricklebaum, and he was in All That, Keenan and Kel, The Mighty Ducks, Fat Albert, Good Burger, and he's currently on Saturday Night Live. Currently, he's uh, been there for like 30 years now. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on there a long time i don't know how many seasons i wonder who i think he may be the longest continual cast member on snl i would believe that i think he's he been is. on there a long time angela lansbury had a cameo in this film she played she did the voice of mayor mcgurdy and you know she did murder she wrote beauty and the beast anastasia mame the manchurian candidate bed noms and broomsticks gypsy sweeney todd the king and i Gaslight in the picture of Dorian Gray. Tristan O'Hare played Grupert, who is Cindy Lou's best friend. And um, he was in nothing besides this. And uh, Pharrell Williams did the narration. So who wants to start with their overall thoughts about this film? I'll start. I really like this movie. I really like it. Really a lot. Not as much as the original Grinch. Definitely more than the Jim Carrey. But like, I really a lot like it. So thank you for scheduling this. (laughs) (laughs) My two-year-old liked it. My 14-year-old watched it with me. And then the other kids weren't watching, but they would have liked it too. I was extremely pleasantly surprised. Tom, what about you? What Julia said. (laughs) I loved it. It Did Ellie like it? So good. She really, um, so she was still not in bed when we started recording. And, um, (laughs) So Christine had just gotten home from work and Christine hadn't seen it yet. So I think they were watching it together at least third time seeing it in two days. Oh my gosh. And she hates the Jim Carrey one. The Jim Carrey one, I would imagine is pretty creepy for a kid that young. She says it's way too scary. 
Yeah. She didn't want to watch this one because she was afraid it was going to be scary too, but she gave it a shot like a trooper and she loves it. So we're all in agreement then because I love this one too. So Uh, there is not going to be all out war in this episode. I'm so glad. (laughs) This could be the Grinch episode that listeners want to revisit. (laughs) (laughs) Grinch 2 redemption. Everything about this film, like it, this film, was beautifully animated. Oh. oh man, they nailed it! Like nailed it. And I don't know if it's because they were who's and there wasn't any like human flesh to be animated, right? But they were like perfect. The fuzziness of their faces and the yeah. hair. Yep. And like, talk about the Christmas feels like immediately. I want to live in that Whoville. That is like my Whoville. I like the lack of sexual tension a lot. Oh, it was refreshing, wasn't it? It was. I, I, didn't, I did not think that would be something I would ever have to say about a Grinch movie. But I do. How, how about oh we focus on, we're all in agreement this time. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, and not bring up debates of the past. Uh, I think you even thought the sexual tension was weird, right? In what? The Jim Carrey one? Yeah. Yeah. I loved Martha May Huvier. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Focus, focus, Tom, focus. We t- we talked about it before. In which film would you want to spend? This is the one. This I was I the same thing. Spend time in this Whoville. Yep. Oh yeah. This is the one. This is where I want. This is where I want to spend Christmas. Can I? Can I? Can I get my my big nitpick out of the way early? Pharrell. Agreed. As a narrator, Agreed. the narration like was terrible. Narrator? No, it, it it did not. The his reading did not have a nice cadence, which yeah. I was really surprised about because he's a musician. Yeah. So he he gets like he gets timing and like vocal timing and stuff. He gets that, but uh, no, he was mm, he did not. Well, I just. I just wanted like a deeper voice with more gravitas, like the original, and like even like Anthony Hopkins in the Jim Carrey one, or Patrick Stewart in the Nightmare Before Christmas, like that deep, like I like that type of narration. I did yeah. like I did like that they added their own. They didn't just stick to the text with the mm-hmm. narration; they added their own rhymes, but they fit right in. You could believe it's part of the book, mm-hmm. but. Ethan came down and caught a little bit and he's like, are they just reading out of the book? And I'm like, there are parts where they're just reading out of the book and that makes me happy. I'm glad they did that. He didn't bother me as a narrator. Oh, I I I did not like him. Remember, I remember the first half of the movie, we're like, who is that reading it? We couldn't put our finger on it, so we had to look it up. But um, I thought it was uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad at first. (laughs) Really? Did you really? I really did. For like half the film, the first time I saw it, I was like, I, I think it's Aaron Paul. I could see that. That's funny. That's who I'm in a picture from now on, I think. <laughs> that's just bizarre a little bit. <laughs> the so, music. You brought up the the, scene, the the visual effects. I have to bring up the music. Blew me away. The music was great. The singing of the Who's just felt like a modernization of the original cartoon. It did not feel like something completely new. Um, yeah. But it, it, did feel, it did feel fresh. It felt modern but it did not feel like a departure in any way and i that just blew me away the score was very danny elfman like there were parts especially during when he's stealing christmas that were very reminiscent for me of a nightmare before christmas especially when you listen to the soundtrack 
without the visuals, which I'm a soundtrack nerd, so I have. It's like there are a lot of uh, similar notes and beats to, you know, making Christmas and what's this and, mm-hmm. you know, the montage where Jack is delivering his Halloween gifts. A lot of that similar stuff. Just it, 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 much more upbeat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Some of the animation at parts when he was stealing Christmas as well felt very <gasps> uh, Tim Burton, like the stilts, his feet. Now, I guess I think it was along with the music. So I didn't realize Danny Elfman did this until we started recording and I looked at the notes you took. And that is it. That cut, It's like something clicked. I was like, oh, that's why it was so beautiful and so Christmassy feeling, that deep Christmas kind of. Well, it's Christmas. funny because you said Tim Burton, some of the shots, like, even the bit in the cave, like when they're just showing his silhouette on the wall, like, yes. hey, those shots were cool because the Grinch has that iconic silhouette with the fingers and the hair. But yeah. that reminded me a lot of Tim Burton. Yeah. The character of the Grinch really resonated well with me in this episode, too. Well, so it's interesting to me because you guys both love this movie, right? Is that safe to say? Yeah. That's and, one of the, and one of the complaints, because, and I don't want to go on about past fights but one of the complaints and things we debated in the original Grinch episode when we talked about Jim Carrey that you two had was the Grinch doesn't need a backstory but even me who liked the backstory of Jim Carrey's the backstory for this Grinch worked a lot better for me it felt more natural it was it it had a place in the story as opposed to just being there and I think um, I accept the backstory here because the it's not a dramatic departure from the Grinch Grinch's character in the first one this could fit in well with the book and the, the, the story that they've done here could fit into canon. Um, I felt like the character of the Grinch with Jim Carrey did not fall in line with canon. He was too over the top, too slapsticky, too... Um, well, I think they're t- two but, fundamentally different characters, right? Like the Jim Carrey isolated himself and this Grinch was essentially still part of Whoville. He ventured down all the time. That Bricklebaum considered him his best friend just because right. of how often he saw him. Which, by the way, that's you, Tom. That's all I thought of. <laughs> you, are, you are Bricklebaum. So I went into watching this with your head, your voice in my ear of saying, oh, I can't wait for you guys to watch it because there's just this character that is Tom. And so in my brain, I'm like, I wonder which one it is. And the minute I saw him, I'm like, that's it. That's yep. the when, he, when he was on the house, for me, it was, uh, I had seen him, but when I, when he's on the house putting on the decorations of the Grinch is yeah. trying to avoid him. It's like, go, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. <laughs> Um, but yeah do you want to explain just for the listeners who may not have seen this movie yet backstory that for the grinch tom do you want to talk about that real quick what it was the grinch um we don't really know anything about his parents but he's an orphan as a child and in the orphanage there was he had this this idea of what christmas should be but there was nothing christmas at all in the orphanage they showed like and it was a really cool visual effect you see the bright tree all of the decorations everything in the orphanage and then it like he looked the 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 young Grinch who is adorable. So oh cool. man, he's so I cool. want like a stuffed animal. I want a pop Funko. Like yeah, I want the baby Grinch here. He looked uh, he looked excited, but then you just watch everything like fade away, and you watch him. Uh, you see you see his heart shrink two sizes as he's walking around town and seeing all these other people enjoying Christmas, and he doesn't get to it's. You know, they talk about like the food, the, uh, you know, what the families are doing. And the Grinch is 
on the outside. You see him feeling, you see Christmas as an isolating event for him and he holds that. And so it's not really so much that he hates Christmas. It's just seems to be a stark reminder of, of him being an outsider, him not being accepted and him not sharing in that experience that everybody else got to. Well, that whole family theme, that's the theme of the movie, right? It like is. It is. Uh, like Watching even the with, families through the windows and having their family dinners and him not having that. Even when he releases Fred the reindeer, who I love oh. the character of Fred. Yeah. Because, because he realized Fred had a wife and a kid. You could just see his on his face right before he does it that he's about to let him go. Yeah. Um, and that's an aspect of Cindy Lou's character I like too. I love that she wanted so desperately to get in touch with Santa to help make things easier for her mom like i love that aspect of her character i just asked for a turtle yeah i just asked for a turtle he was so cute the who children were adorable and cindy lou i like the development of cindy lou and how i mean really you can't in in a full-length feature film that you're trying to create you can't just have that brief little cute baby cindy lou right you have to develop a, a a deeper character for the narrative here and i love who they created Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I I even like, like the look of her too. She's so cute. Like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She was. I like how scrappy I, she was. Also, that was fun for me. You know that she's not like a delicate princess kind of girl. She's like a get it done kind of girl. Yeah. And in that same way, I liked that her mom was a single mom and like was bossing it. By the way, uh, her I mom was such her. a great character. Yeah, she was a nurse, right? By Rashida Jones. She was. Yeah, she was a nurse. Yeah, that's. I, I saw the scrubs and I was like, oh ho, oh, there you go again, Rashida. She's a nurse <laughs> Um, but we know we're going to have a different encounter with Cindy Lou, who early on when um, when her mom is catching the, the bus and the bus driver is like, oh, Cindy Lou left her hockey stick on here. And you're like, oh, a hockey stick, huh? <laughs> that caught my eye early on. So you know, another change, I guess, that I really liked in this film was the Grinch and Max's relationship. And it goes back to that family thing. He treated him a lot less he treated him a lot nicer than the Grinch tends to do in the book, in the animated special, and in Jim Carrey's movie. Like, yeah. he treated him like a person would normally treat a dog. And I think it goes back to that whole, he was an outsider. He never had a family. So when we see Max's little uh, bed. With the under, picture. With the picture of, <laughs> there's a picture of Max and the Grinch under there. And it's just so sweet. Then <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene where uh, 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 the Grinch chastises max and sends him to bed and max goes to crawl in and he looks at that picture and then turns around (laughs) (laughs) max had a lot of personality in here max was awesome i love that max was not a neglected dog in this movie and i think that it was very smart and clever that you see the grinch extend that love right and those familial wants out to max and out to fred but it's when they're extended to him and that he feels accepted into somebody else's family, like Cindy Lou's, that his heart grows, right? It's yeah. when he, he gets that part of it. And I thought that was very smart to not completely isolate and make him this terrible person that people in town are terrified of. They're not. When he walks around and he's shopping, he is. He's just like another person in town. And I I also liked that. I thought that was just great. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked the resolution with him and Max too, when they go back up to the cave and he gives him a little wrapped doggy squeak toy. And tells him Merry Christmas. Yeah, I I loved that. Mm -hmm. So can I get my one nitpick out? Not a nitpick, because 
It was my one worry the first time I saw this film. Yeah. I was so afraid at the end there, he was speaking of sexual tension, going to be flirty with the mother. Okay, did you uh, yeah. feel that too? Yeah. I was very worried as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would have had real strong words if that had happened. I would have been <laughs> super angry. So glad it didn't. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> so funny no. you thought that too, because I'm like... Oh. Absolutely. And she's a single mom. And Cindy Lou is like super cute. I've seen this romantic comedy before, <laughs> minus the green person. <laughs> I really hope it's not going like, I was so, so happy f- that didn't happen. And I was kind of upset. My one nitpick that uh, Fred just kind of disappears at the end. Like he saves the Grinch and fall off the mountain, then you never see him again. Like I would have mm-hmm. liked him to have gone to the celebration with uh, Max and the yeah. Grinch too. Yeah, I loved so Fred. He was so cute. I really he was adorable. Pudgy and I was, so we were all scared going into it because the trailer, I think that he was going to end up pulling the sleigh at the end and that would have ruined the canon Max with the horn. So I'm glad that they kept that. That made yeah. me happy. From a visual perspective, that scene where you just where he's got this giant sleigh and Max is in the snow and you just see Max coming up. I really, really wish they would have had like the eye of the tiger starting as Max is going. <laughs> <laughs> like have a, have a throwback to Rocky or something because that's I mean he looked like that that look of determination on his face was adorable. I mean typical dog right trying doing everything to please their owner and he looked so proud of himself when he got that sleigh going. Yes. That sleigh was he amazing. really was a typical dog. It was so perfect. He was perfect. He was so perfect. Yeah, the sleigh was great. The the different way they showed so they didn't have all the hokiness of the um, of Whoville that the original cartoon had, right? I really like the way they showed the town coming together. Well, first of all, when we see the town, the way the shops they just like push a button and the shops fold out from buildings. Yeah. That was amazing. That was so cool. <laughs> but when you get a sense for the for the feel of the town, when they're decorating that giant, amazing, beautiful Christmas tree, and like Cindy Lou brings that angel ornament, like the people from the town are bringing ornaments to decorate this tree with. It's like everybody's getting behind it. And it's the tree, even when they show it, the ornaments aren't perfect, matchy-matchy. Like it's like a real tree you would have at home, which you usually don't see in a movie, much less right. in, a, in a town Christmas tree. You're watching that, that ornament of Cindy Lou's going up. It was, oh, I loved it. Yeah. That was I magical. That too. I, I wish trees lit like that in real life where it starts at the bottom and just swirls up to the top. Like it looks like, you know, mag- yeah. magic, right? I wish yes. trees lit that way. I was really happy because in the trailers, when his alarm clock goes off, they play happy and that yeah. annoyed us. We talked about that, like putting that type of music into a timeless story. So I was really yeah. happy that when his alarm went off in the movie, it was Christmas carols. It just makes sense. And over and over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. What was the carol the carolers were singing when he first? God rest you, Mary Gentlemen. gentlemen. Pentat- that was a beautiful for one. Like it was a pentatonic version. But that wasn't them singing it, right? No, it was. If you download, if you have. Oh, it was pentatonic singing. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was. It was really nice. That was so funny too. Anna goes, (laughs) "That's aggressive." (laughs) How the tempo changes based on the how fast the Grinch is walking away. When they quarter him and they're like West Side Storying, snapping as they're. (laughs) 
couldn't stop laughing in the theater when I saw that for the first time. <laughs> that was so funny. I have to give a shout out. They played maybe like one riff of <laughs> Christmas and Hollis in the movie. Oh. I heard that. <laughs> but but the scene, come on, it worked. It was funny. It was acting, funny. Yeah, it totally worked. They got called home for dinner or whatever. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah it totally worked. So funny. So Fred, the reindeer, A, I loved how fat he was. It was just so <laughs> funny. But I loved I love the scene and they ended a lot of the trailers with it where uh the Grinch relents and lets Max get into bed, and Fred takes that as a cue to climb into bed with him too. <laughs> I grew up with like enormous dogs, and they really don't. That just reminded me of them. There's no sense of personal. Yeah, that's but, definitely um, big dog behavior. They think they're yeah. tiny, and they're well, not. <laughs> and I also loved when uh, they're eating breakfast or whatever at the Grinch. Max, Fred, and the Grinch, and Max is getting jealous of the attention that uh, Fred was getting. I thought he was a cute addition. Yeah, I liked him. But Julia, I am so glad you immediately saw Tom too when Bricklebaum came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the Christmas sweater and the beard and he's so jolly and happy. And yep. I was like, yeah, that's Tom. <laughs> I really want to beat a dead horse and just say, man, that guy was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> What did y'all um, think of the use of technology since that's come up before? Um, all of his gadgets. Well, I felt that was, for me personally, like you look at Dr. Seuss books, there are a lot of weird type inventions and gadgets. So it didn't feel out of place for me because Dr. Seuss's world is full of that stuff. So I thought it fit perfectly in Whoville and the Grinch's Cave. It did. It seemed more creative than like Arthur Christmas's use of tech. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. And I don't feel like it's going to be dated any more than the weird bikes that they had in the first one were. No, I was very pleased with it. It was new and exciting, but yeah, it fit within the Who's just perfectly. So I think I know the answer, but uh, what did you think of the Grinch cover they played in the movie? I didn't really like it. Uh Uh-uh. See, I didn't mind it, but I feel like there was a missed opportunity when he's sewing his suit and getting everything ready at the end to play the original oh, yeah. song. Or even if they even if they just wanted to do a cover of the more original yeah. arrangement, like they did even with Jim Carrey did it when he's getting his stuff together to steal Christmas. I just wish yeah. they'd really used that original song in here once. It's so iconic. Yeah. I think the music, it the reminded traditional music that was in the movie, kind of, I think it's going to have to grow on me. And I think it will grow on me the more I see it. But So when the Grinch, the live action Grinch came out, there was a song called Grinch 2000 where, where Jim Carrey asked the Grinch and Buster Rhymes did a song called, it was the Grinch song. And it remi- the song at the beginning of this film, completely different, but... Just kind of reminded me of that. Kind of reminiscent. Huh. We touched on it briefly at the beginning, but what did you think of his voice as a Grinch? I would hey. have rather had his real voice. The British. I would have too. It's just so iconic. I want to hear Doctor Strange there. You know what I mean? I mean... <laughs> I think I could go either way, but I was not dissatisfied with his voice. I mean, his voice in general really is built for voice work. The way that he makes it swing wide when he's deciding mm-hmm. to take Christmas away was very good. And what was funny is there were a few parts where he sounded like 
the cartoon version and then where he sounded like the Jim Carrey version, like words. And I would be like, whoa, that was very Jim Carrey or that was very regular Grinch. Well, what I liked about this version is they paid homage to both versions too. Like, yeah, like there are definitely jokes when he's stealing Christmas for sure. Same jokes that were in the Jim Carrey one in terms of visual jokes, like the cat attacking him and things like that. But there are a few moments throughout the film where they reference things like that. But then, and then obviously the original anime film, they pay tribute to in spades as well. So I appreciated that, like giving nods to the character's history, I guess. Yeah. It still felt familiar, yeah. I liked his beard as Santa. Yeah. <laughs> the way it like fluffed. Oh, so pretty. I loved that he had a sidecar for Max on the sleigh before Max had yeah. to end up pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> and that the, him and Fred look terrified and Max is just like standard dog, like, <laughs> like yes. <laughs> he was just oh, happy. I love that part where he, he asked Max what he wants to do. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> We both go to the same place. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. No, go for it, Tom. You, you do. Oh, I was just going to say the part where, where uh, the Grinch asks Max what he wants to do, and there's this Max goes into a dream sequence where he's driving this convertible, and the Grinch is hanging out of the window, <laughs> panting with his air, you know, panting with the wind in his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, since they're kind of there already, do we want to just talk about our favorite scenes and quotes? So, I like when the Grinch first spots Fred with Max in the field, and he's like, Well, Sand had eight reindeer. He looks like he ate the other seven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really liked it when he said, uh, today we will do mean things and we will do them in style. <laughs> that was just very fitting um, for this, this Grinch. Yes. Yeah, you couldn't have Benedict Cumberbatch not say something like that. So what takes him into town initially is he's out of food. And I, did think, I thought that little bit was funny when he said, I specifically bought enough food to last me until January. How much emotional eating have I been doing? And you see him in these four or five different settings where he's just eating all the food. I can relate with that. I can say the Grinch was very relatable there, wasn't he? <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I like the last lines of the film where the narrator says, and the Grinch raised his glass and led the who's in a toast. And then the Grinch says, to kindness and love, the things we need most. Which I loved that. Spirit of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And like I said earlier, too, I liked some of the narration lines they threw in that sounded like they could be right out of the book, but they weren't. Yeah. And one of them that sticks out to me was all this excess and nonsense. It was all about greed, about meaningless stuff that they didn't even need. The Grinch went to work. He scooped up the toys. He raced against time. He raced against joy. I don't know if this is in the book or not. I don't remember it. But to echo that same, the way they tried to build on the original structure, I like it when the narrator says, it's after he's, he met up with Cindy Lou Who that night when he's stealing everything. And he says, as he looked at the girl, he felt like he would melt. If he did what she did, would he feel what she felt? Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I don't think that was in the book, but that was good. I like when we're getting to know the Grinch, when he goes into town to get food, and there's that random who lady trying to reach whatever she needs for her <laughs> stuffing. And he picks it up, and she's like, are you going to get that? Because I really need it for my stuffing. And he just ignores her, blows her off, and puts it up right right out of her reach. And then knocks it down. And then, yeah. yeah. And then, 
Same thing with the same thing with the carrot and the snowman. The kid puts the mm-hmm. is trying to put the carrot in the snowman's nose, and the Grinch uses the carrot to knock the snowman down. And the kid said, "You're a mean one." Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He should have just said, "You're a mean one, Mister Grinch." They all know who he is. <laughs> that that kind of annoyed me. Um, he was very Gru in the beginning. The yeah, whole opening he was very Gru. Like yeah. So in Despicable Me three, uh, one of Gru's children is wearing this version of the Grinch on her shirt it's, he's on her sweater for real <laughs> yeah how funny is that did you see the unicorn from despicable me in the movie i did i also saw the rabbit from the secret life of pets he was one of yes. her toys to do these toys oh that's funny <laughs> so i love the whole scene where the grinch and max and fred are trying to steal the sleigh from bricklebaum's house and his guard dog is outside and they keep having to lose this thing. And meanwhile, Brick Obama's having a party inside. Inside, He just thinks he trained his dog so well. When did she learn to ring the doorbell? And then like, he's like, what's in this cake? He's making me see things. Give me another piece. <laughs> things like that. I just, I love that character, which is weird because Tom's the worst and that character reminds me. (laughs) Oh, he is so funny. And and Kenan Thompson just does such a great job with his voice. Oh, yeah. He does. Uh, Well, I love when you first initially meet him via the Grinch wanting to sneak around him to get back to his home. (laughs) And he's like, he thinks we're best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Not just friends, but he thinks we're best friends. (laughs) That's too funny. (laughs) Oh, oh, and then when they leave, he says something like, see you later, Grinchy. And he's like, no, you won't. (laughs) (laughs) But that's That's like another thing I liked about the scenery. Like, and this version of the Grinch, how he's kind of more incorporated into Whoville, is that the Grinch at the bottom of the mountain has a gate leading up the path to his door. So it's just like a, you know, a home at the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. I like that little touch. He doesn't seem like such a stranger. Right. Or yeah. so far removed from the community. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I like that a lot. I did, did you see you that know, his I'm, cologne was named Mold Spice? Mold Spice, I did. <laughs> I like oh, that. I like the. I really did like the um, the change for Cindy, like seeing Cindy Lou, who's mom. You'd mentioned her being a single mom, but having that like stressed out, like always on the go, trying to take care of all these kids. Her one of her kids is trying to eat the other one's head for breakfast. <laughs> Cindy Lou's leaving her hockey stick on a bus. You know, she's just trying to keep it all together. And at the end, she's just like she wouldn't change anything. She loves her kids. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was really sweet. So I was a little worried at the beginning that she was going to be going down the that they were going to try and mirror the Grinch's dissatisfaction with Christmas and like have her have those same feelings, right? Because it's hard for it's hard for two parents. I can't imagine one parent doing all of that. But I was really glad that they didn't. Me too. Oh, me too. Me too. The other thing I love is the buildup for like the Grinch's plan on what he's going to do. He's like leading Max along. He's talking about this. He's got this giant chalkboard. He flips it in real small in the middle. Just Santa Claus. (laughs) 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 It just, I was expecting him to have like the whole plan of what he was going to do, you know, and how he was going to do it. But no, it just says Santa Claus. (laughs) Well, to piggyback off that, I loved when he's trying to, like, uh, what's the word? I guess train, for lack of a better word, Max and Fred uh, about their mission. And he's talking about, like, all the things they're going to have to, all the traps and pitfalls they're going to have to avoid. And he's like, 
this is a cookie. We must resist. And the words are barely out of his mouth and Fred just takes it from his hand and, <laughs> and eats it up. And when he's going through the houses, you see that little moose cookie and he pauses and looks at it. And yeah. You can see it like, nope, I can't do this. And he, and he keeps going. <laughs> you know what I found really cool was Cindy Lou's treehouse in the middle oh, of the woods. Man. Yeah. And yeah. her that little clubhouse awesome. in the center of the carousel. Like, both of those are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I do have one quote I'm going to steal from this to use a lot when I'm on the podcast with Anthony. When the Grinch is talking to Bricklebaum, and he's like, sorry, I can't hear you. I don't speak ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I was just thinking, I wish, not to, to bring up any, but in our old disagreements, I wish I had had that line to throw out a few times. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you. Don't speak ridiculous. So we knew from the trailer that the Grinch had furry green pants that match his skin. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> weird. apparently his feet are shoes as well. Because yes. he's adjusting them when they're talking about uh, how his shoes are two sizes too small. Just maybe work. <laughs> wonder about this, what he looks like. Hair pants and shoe and feet shoes. I don't even. I don't know. It reminded. It just made me think of those. You know, like you'll see them at like state fairs. The tacky shirts that have like spray painted human body underneath. Like they'll have a guy yeah. with a six pack on a white shirt yeah. or a woman in a bikini. <laughs> just reminded me of that. So one thing I wanted to mention as well was I know when we talked the live action Grinch, you guys both said one of your complaints was. When his heart grew, it was almost it was a too over the top for you guys, right? Yeah, like almost traumatizing how he acted that yeah. like he was suffering cardiac arrest or something. Um, yes. So on the flip side, when his heart grew in this one, it was very very low key. Like they didn't, like the music didn't swell much or anything. It just grew and they moved on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That was like an interesting choice. Like I was expecting like at least a swelling orchestra or something a little more than they did i'm not I complaining can, i can only assume that they listened to our podcast and heard our criticism oh yeah of the last one They're like you know we got to really appeal to these people here so we're gonna go ahead and tone it down a bit make it a little less uh i see you does this pass the linus test oh yeah with flying colors <laughs> in every way possible Yep. For everybody. So the interesting part to me was that we usually don't see is such a subtle revelation from a child. Like Cindy Lou, who's like, oh, so I wanted this one gift for my mom where everything in her life would be easier, but she's just happy with what we have. It was sweet. Right. And then still, if you watch the, if you watch through the credits, you still saw the, uh, all the cool contraptions that the Grinch had to make her life easier. Uh, Did you get the one thing I did notice the Mount, Mount Crumpet changes throughout the video, throughout the film. Did you notice that he'd be standing on that little part? And then when it would show it from a distance, that part wasn't outside of his house. Oh, Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. Continuity issues. Just a little bit. I need to see if it's a thing. If not, I need to make a note of it. I just always feel like if I find that stuff on my own, I feel really cool, you know? Yeah. It's like finding a misspelling in a misspelled word in a book. Yeah. Like Professor Snap in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of (laughs) Azkaban. <laughs> Such a pleasant surprise. We all like this one, especially because when the tra- first trailer debuted, we were all like, uh, "Does this need to be remade again?" Yeah. I I said it then that I was I didn't have expe- high expectations, but I was trying to be optimistic, and I'm really glad I went with that because that was not 
you know, I, I had expected the worst and I was really, really surprised. Uh-huh. I will say this is in my canon. No question yeah. about it. Me too. I think, and I think it actually kind of, not saying there needs to be like, there should be 20 million more remakes of this or adaptations like there is a Christmas Carol, but I think there is something, it proves that a classic Christmas story can be done in a new way while still retaining the true spirit of the classic. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Yep. I'll be curious to see what other listeners who express doubts about this one prior to its release think about it. So are, are we ready to rank this? Let's do it. I'm going to give it a 9.24. I can't quite put it as high as National Lampoon's, but it was really good. Like, really good. I'm going to go with a 9.6. I'm going to give it a 9.4. So that brings it in at a 9.4133 which puts it at number five on our christmas canon list right after national christmas vacation it is close behind like (laughs) 0.003 away wow how about that we broke top five with a new movie guys that's shocking That is shocking. So now the cynic in me wants to come out and try to like rationalize like, well, is it because we're still getting over the last bits of Christmas depression we have? It's winter time, you know, we're 11 months off. Are we just looking for a really good classic Christmas story? I don't think so because I went into this with such low expectations. And like I said, I watched it yesterday and I put it on again today like yeah Yeah. it was that good yeah i think so too i mean i'm definitely missing the christmas atmosphere and this totally fills that bubble but i think even in the midst of christmas i would have been as wowed by this movie i think if i'd gone to the theater i would have been too i'm in the same boat julie i think i would have left the theater really excited i'm sad i missed it the theater everyone seemed to love it when i went it was a packed house people seemed to really like it so we hope you've had time to see this movie. And if so, we really want to know what you think about it. So be sure to let us know. Check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Tis the Podcast. We're on Twitter at Tis the Pod. And you can find us on our subreddit at r slash Tis the Podcast. We always love hearing what you think. So like I said, be sure to let us know what you think about this movie, what you think we got right, what you think we got wrong. And there's one thing I've learned. Our listeners have no problem holding grudges and bringing up things for weeks. So if you've missed an opportunity to share your thoughts from the past, feel free to jump in. I really do. We're like... never going to hear the end of the Christmas story. We are we not. Really that one ever. was, <laughs> we made some enemies on that one, guys. We should we probably, did. we really, I did. think, I think two of you made some enemies on that one. Yeah, one no, of us, absolutely correct. One, one, one of <laughs> us, one of us was on the side of the people. <laughs> 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 I want to ask people. I'm. Uh, I need a little bit of. Um, uh, I need something really exciting to look forward to. So if you're listening, and you can go to our social media, our website, anywhere you want, you can email us. Whatever works for you. Uh, send us in a, a, some good ideas for questions of the week. We're running low again, and I'd like to have a question of the week next week that we can pose to our listeners and get to know you all a little better. Great idea. We'd also love some ideas about some extra bonus content you'd love to see from us in the future via our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash 
Tis the podcast where for as little as a dollar per month you can get full-length bonus episodes. Yeah, we've do- we've done some really cool non-Christmassy stuff on Patreon in the past, so you don't have to necessarily recommend something Christmassy. We've done Hocus Pocus, uh, the movie Clue. There are only two non-Christmassy stuff, aren't there? Thanks. Well, I mean, not if you count like oh, fr- yeah, the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving episodes. episodes. Yep. Yeah. So lots of good stuff there and. Recently, it, our most recent episode is on Christmas commercials, which I still think is one of our best episodes we've ever done. Absolutely. And speaking of Christmas commercials, guys, do you know one of my favorite post-Christmas commercials they still do every year? They still show on TV every year. It's been ye- for years now. It's one where the little kid walks into the kitchen and sees a big red behind sticking out of the frig- refrigerator. And he's like, Santa? And it turns out it's a mom in her bathrobe going in for leftovers. And they talk about need to lose all that holiday weight. Is that I, Weight Watchers? I forget who. I honestly forget who it is. I think, but, yeah, I think I that commercial. but yeah. <laughs> so check out our Patreon for bonus episodes, stickers, uh, Christmas cards, and other cool stuff. So I don't know about next week being cool stuff, but we have a pretty good lineup coming up. So if you want to get a jump start on the next two weeks, then that means this week you need to find the 1997 horror comedy film Jack Frost, which is not the one, not the one with Michael Keaton. You, if you are a Prime, an Amazon Prime member, this movie actually is streaming for free with your Prime membership. Um, that's where I'm going to watch it. So get excited. It looks terrible. So it should do, be a fun episode. Wait, do we think it's going to be... Santa's sleigh terrible where yeah, that's what I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be terrible terrible I think it's yeah well it's horror comedy so clearly they're trying it'll to, be the fun type terrible I'm okay. hoping so it'll come in about Kirk Cameron definitely so. <laughs> because, don't, don't forget guys we had that pact if anything comes below oh, comes below Kirk Cameron we end that we agree to end the show yeah um two weeks from now we will be covering 2006's The Holiday, which I'm quite th- excited about. I think that's streaming on Netflix in the U.S. Ooh, exciting. And that's the one with Jack Black and Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and Kate Winslet. Um, so do your homework for this next week, Jack Frost, and then two weeks from now, The Holiday. Well, that's really exciting news. I have some not-so-exciting news to follow that up with. <laughs> So after such a high, fun episode, I'm going to bring the mood down a little bit here, guys. We only have 7,944 hours until Christmas. Which is only 331 days. 47 weeks, y'all. Which is 11 months from the time we're recording this, actually. 11 months will be Christmas Eve. We got one knocked off the list. It's crazy. Numbers are just going to keep getting smaller. So do your homework, guys. Watch Jack Frost, the non-Batman version. And uh, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, y'all.
I, so as a side note, I really like one of the typos in our uh, outline tonight. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factor. <laughs> Sounds like a new reality TV show. <laughs> one that I can get behind. <laughs> Forget the X Factor. Let's talk Chocolate Factor. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't we Danny just... Danny Elfman did do the music. Okay. I'm going to put it Sorry, we don't like your crappy movie. <laughs> please cut that out, Anthony. Please, I don't. I don't Tom, want more. I don't want Tom more people telling me I'm the worst. worst. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the worst. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs>